What's the what's your like number one? Once I'm vaccinated, are you going to go to Target? Is that the thing? Oh no no no. Um, you know I go to Target occasionally. I just really try hard to stay away from people. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I don't know. Like, I'm one of the people who's like, I'm totally fine with quarantine mostly. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the only thing that I, that I would actually want to do is like. Just like chill in a coffee shop for a while. Yeah. That's something I kind of miss. But that's about the only thing. Like, I don't really want to like the movie theaters. I used to really like movie theaters. But then, like, I went to college and it wasn't and kind of. Well, I mean, I worked at a movie theater. So, like, that didn't help my love of movie theaters. (laughs) But, like, I don't know. It's like, it just wasn't, does not seem very appealing to me now. And like a lot of it is like, I feel like a lot of it is like, I'm going to be touching the chair that other people have been touching and haven't really been disinfected. And if they have been disinfected, it's by someone who's getting paid $7 an hour, which is not their, which, so I'm like, I'm not upset that they're doing a bad job because they're not being paid to do a good job. Right. They're being paid to look like they're doing something. Exactly. But I don't want to touch the squishy leather chair or the, like, hard plastic ones that, like, it just does not sound appealing. I'd rather just watch it from the comfort of my home when I can pause and go to the bathroom and stuff. I Like, I get that it's an experience. It's just like, no thanks. Yeah. I'll give my neighbor, I'll find a, a person in my area on fiber and have them come in and sneeze on my couch. And I'll, I'll, that'll, that'll equate to the experience, you know? Hey, Zach. Hey, Liz. You know how sometimes you can take, a, you can take your phone... And sometimes you look at your phone and you're like, wow, this is a device that I use exclusively to make myself feel bad about myself on Instagram. And then sometimes you're like, wow, this is such a useful tool that I can use to make my life better. Um, and it it can hold both. It contains multitudes, your phone. Um, and I, that's like a by design, you know, that's that's really the whole point of uh, the von Neumann yeah, model. Von Neumann What's the yeah. model? Uh, is that it, your phone can contain multitudes. Um, I think that's and, an Alan Turing quote, is that <laughs> computers are here to fight Nazis and make people feel bad about themselves. Yeah. Right. Good and bad, you know? Uh-huh. So um, does, in the last week, has your phone been busy fighting Nazis or has it been doing other things? It's... It's been doing quite a few things, but in particular, it's been keeping track of my grocery list. Good. That's good. Outboard brain. That's a good thing that phones are good at. Yeah. Uh, So I used the grocery app, which we talked about last time, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Last last fortnight. Yeah. And it. so so I used it for one grocery run in the last two weeks, and... How do I put this? It didn't confuse me per se. It's just kind of dense. You know, like you can 
you can t- you open the app and then you have your list and you have the text box and you tap the text box and then it pulls up the keyboard and you start typing mm-hmm. in things that you want to put on your grocery list and then there's something about which store it goes to and there's also stuff about recipes and meal plans and I don't know like I assumed that if I checked all these boxes when I was going through the grocery store that I would be able to uncheck them when I got home so that I could have them for next time but they appear to just be gone but there might be a way to get them back I'm just not seeing it okay so you're looking at this you've got the five icons on the top there's shop there's recipes there's meal plan there's settings and there's the more dots and on the bottom there's a plus icon and a clock yep and if you click on the clock history okay you can see your last trip okay um there's also most purchased all items the ones that it's been a while time to buy so that's like how i'm supposed to get them back so that's one way to do it, um, but I think there is also a recommended way. Uh, okay. I poked around in the settings long enough to see this, and okay, yeah. So there is the grocery FAQ in the settings, and that's got a lot of information, um, but what you are looking for is to create a recipe. Am I now? And you can make, um, so there's a weekly essentials recipe, if you just go to your default recipes that are already in your iCloud. Uh, okay uh weekly essentials sure and so then you can edit this and then you just say that's how you're supposed to do it there's some way that you add this recipe to your i can add it to my meal plan so there's something with the with the recipes and you do that and then you just add every week you add the weekly essentials recipe okay i see this makes more sense uh okay so you go so from weekly essentials there's the three dots for more and then you can say view ingredients and add to list. And there's probably also a way to add it to the meal plan. And that also does it. But if nothing else, that series of taps will get you where you want. Okay. I can work with that. It it, it looks nice. It feels good. You mm-hmm. know? Did you try it with the watch? The whole design is that, that it's uh, sorted so that you can use it on your watch. I didn't try it with the watch. I might later. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just went through a grocery run. Um I've had I have trouble with grocery lists in general. Uh just they don't work with my brain. So I'm hoping this will be a fix cuz I you know, I forget things at the grocery. Mm-hmm. I forget things. I forget to buy things all the time and like I'm just like sometimes I want to make a recipe or something that i see on tiktok and i instead of writing down the ingredients i end up just like walking through the grocery store with my phone up next to my ear listening to the tiktok for the ingredients (laughs) list over and over again (laughs) so like i should have a grocery list all recipes should be shared in a common format um that's a thing that I actually believe, and I can't really lampoon it because it's a thing that I actually believe, and so it's really hard to be like, ah, ha, 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 jokes, because, like, no, all, all recipes should be accessible in a common format. Um, yeah. It just makes sense. 
I'd guess if I had to guess, I would guess that like probably bakers and chefs. I mean like the the computer format. Like there should be a dot RCP or something. Oh, I see what you mean. And I can download all my dot RCPs from grocery and put them into paprika, I think is the the recipe manager. That everybody's like, ooh, a recipe manager. Okay, so groceries, the recipe format is Markdown. What's the paprika recipe format? They export to JSON. Okay. And then there's ORF, which is YAML, because he was like, I like YAML. It's human readable. And don't try and make your YAML the thing that humans are reading. Just do it in JSON and get over yourself. Write another transpiler like the rest of us. (laughs) that was the first transpiler i tried to write was an orf one it technically worked (laughs) the best kind of working i do think there is something to be said though with this grocery app about um onboarding uh i recently got smart lights um i've had smart lights for a while i got the thing that made them smart recently uh, okay. And <laughs> so I had a lot of onboarding to do because for each light, you there's a whole process of like, I want to add this light. I want to go through and do these things. And the way that, um, so this is the trod free line from Ikea. Trod, trod free. Yeah, the trod free line from Ikea. And um, so you get this little circle that you hook up to your Wi-Fi router and that is what like actually connects to your phone uh and then you go down your phone you go through you tap next 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 through the app uh to get to the point where you actually hook the two up now they're connected and now you need to add a remote and then the remote gets tied to a light and then each light um you have to so that's the the flow is that each remote has lights and the base station has a series of remotes okay um and that's like the onboarding process but also some of these lights i have had for years which means that their firmware version is really out of date and they haven't been connected to the wi-fi so they haven't been updated right um which sounds like a nightmare to be somebody working at ikea writing this software and being like okay this needs to be backwards compatible back to our very 1.0 version of these lights. Always. Oh, forever. Oh, no. Oh, no. We are not going to brick your lights because of obsolescence because that's nonsense. Right. So there's like onboarding to that and there's a lot of the like steps to get into it are really straightforward it's really like you just go on the app and you open it up and it says what do you what would you like to add if you don't have anything or if you would like to add something and you already have something it's one tap away you just say add something and then it goes what would you like to add and you say a light and it says which remote would you like to add it to and so then you take the remote you bring it up to the light you do the little pairing handshake thing and then it just like boodaloop does a little thing on your screen says all right we're getting you connected and then it's all set up um and it's really like straightforward, step by step. Here's how to do this thing. Um, but then once you do that, once it's all connected, there's not a lot of 
okay, and now how do you want to set this up? Do you want to connect it to your uh, Apple Home HomeKit setup? Do you want to connect it to your Amazon Alexa? What kind of things do you want to do with that? Um, so the onboarding process in that sense is a little bit more difficult. And in a similar way, grocery can give you a lot of like, hey, we're going to be smart. We're going to sort things. We can tell you all of that, but they can't tell you every single feature of the app. Like, we want you to use a recipe as your weekly essentials list. Right. Because that, it would just get overwhelming. You, at some point, you get to just let me use the app and I'll figure right. it out later. Um, and so the question of how do you put the user into a place where they can just start going on something versus how do you get the user acquainted with what is special and unique and valuable about this app i think Mm -hmm. drafts that's another similar issue that like if you just downloaded drafts if i just mentioned to somebody hey you should get drafts and nothing else (laughs) they would have a blank page right they would just have a text box and a bunch of buttons that don't really mean anything because a lot of them are just icons yeah um i I honestly think that not and you know i'm not a designer or anything and i am talking a little bit without knowing anything but i think a lot of the like hidden functionality or like complexity of a lot of apps is just not labeling the buttons (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean it's like drafts does it where there's just all these buttons and you push a button and then something happens and you're like, ah, and, um, like all these buttons at the top, like I'm sure like settings and more that makes sense. These are like common icons to use. Cause it's like a gear mm-hmm. and three dots, but like, there's like one that looks like kind of a modern house, I guess that is supposed to be stores mm-hmm. and like eventually, with a little bit of usage, you will remember what these buttons do. But I mean, I've I've used it for a couple hours now, um, you know, adding things and also shopping with it. And I couldn't remember which one was the recipes button. Right. Yeah. You know, because this one looks like a calendar, I guess, which kind of makes sense for meal plan. Uh-huh. But it could also be like an oven or like... <laughs> Uh-huh. Maybe like the fender of a of a right. It's delivery my truck. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, and you know, telling me once at the beginning is not going to be very helpful. Right. And on the Mac version, so I'm that's what I'm looking at right now in front of me is the Mac version, and they do have um, all of the buttons are fully labeled. They've got stores, history, recipes, meal plan. You can expand and contract that little sidebar. That's a really common UI element. There's like edit. There's the more dots. There's plus. Those are really clear. And then as you get to more things, it's up. They've got like an actual menu bar. So you can, if you want preferences, you go to menu bar, grocery preferences. Mm -hmm. The way that you do on any Mac app. Right. Yeah, I mean... But uh, like I said, I'm, this, these are not even really criticisms of grocery. Mm-hmm. They are criticisms of uh, UI design for iPhone apps in 2021. Recipe LLVM. 
here's my new proposal. It's a universal transpiler. So you can go paprika to groceries to ORF. And like at some point, as you add more, right, there's probably you can say the global oven temperature in paprika and you. Global oven temperature. Right. Like this recipe is when you're you do this recipe with your oven at 400. And so there's a way to just say, like, I'm just going to open up the recipe. I want to have my oven preheated and then I'm going to work on the recipe. Right. And so it's going to be at 400, whatever. But like probably groceries can't do that. But there's maybe a thing that groceries does that you can specify the units of the grocery item. I don't know. Um, that ORF doesn't do. And so eventually you end up with this universal like this is a giant data blob that contains as much information possible that a recipe could contain. Sounds nice. And then you publish that format. And now you have another competing standard. Yeah. But it's a it's a mega standard. It's the meta standard. Anybody else publishes a new standard, the meta standard immediately has to incorporate the the new standard extremely simple well thought out plan yeah what are the things that you pay for what do you get if you get premium i can never remember oh themes Mm -hmm. very important inventory tracking seems like probably the most interesting element of that yeah i wonder what that's about am i supposed to mark something off every time i eat it or is it going to set up a cloud-synced camera and watch my pantry? <laughs> uh, by default, all inventory items have a one-month expiration. If you enable the keep-in-stock option on an item, then whenever it expires, it will automatically be added to your list. I see. And you say, like, I'm likely to go through this in two weeks or one week. Right. Or a month. By default and then it also does special things where if you use your groceries and the inventory thing if you use recipes in the inventory thing it can look at recipes that use the things that are in your inventory hmm. um which i think would be most useful if every single thing you purchased was always on your grocery list and sometimes i'm just walking through the grocery store and i'm like actually i want you know meatballs and spaghetti sauce and that's not on the list. So, like, I think it prescribes certain behaviors that maybe are not the behaviors that come the most naturally to me. And I don't know how much adopting those would help me compared to how much work it would be to adopt a new behavior. I mean, my my previous grocery habits were not even, like, bad, you know? that Like, I had enough food. I forgot mm-hmm. things occasionally, but nothing important. And like, there was like very little stress in the grocery process. So I would like to keep aspects of that at the very least. But mm-hmm. if uh, maybe I can forget a few less things, then I think it's probably worth doing. Yeah. So Liz, I think as um, th- this also besides just being an interesting app that we're both using this um works with the worrying bugs uh subjects at large um 
in another way, which is that this is uh, your spring of perfection, if I remember right. And so part of being perfect is not forgetting things at the grocery store. Um, yes, exactly. And when you think about perfection, you think about like there's a lot of things around in your life to be perfect at, right? Every single day there's a new thing to be perfect at and that like it's energy. Every single one of those things that you're being perfect at takes some energy, you know, and it's energy that you can do, right? That's why it's your season of perfection. Mm -hmm. But um, it's still like it takes energy. And um, so like I was saying that I'm probably not going to start using the meal plan feature of this app because for me, that's that's energy that maybe I don't have because I'm not perfect. Um, right. And so <laughs> we can't all we can't all have a, a perpetual motion machine in our in our hearts. Right. Keeping us going constantly. <laughs> and so I've been thinking about that a lot. I've been thinking about your season of perfection. I've been thinking about the perfections that I hold myself to and I've been thinking about our seasonal themes that we've been talking about um and you you disembarked the seasonal theme train um this spring by by striving for perfection right yeah um I I believe you called it a post so (laughs) (laughs) yeah um yeah I think that's fair to say and I I don't particularly want to post right now, right? You know, I'm 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 interested in being earnest, um, but I also am looking at the way that we think about themes and the way that I've been thinking about themes and saying maybe that's not a sustainable thing for me. And I need to pull up my notes on this because I have notes, and they disappeared into the aether. So for me, the the season. Um, The idea of seasonal themes came from yearly themes, uh, Mm -hmm. right? Go listen to Cortex if you care. And the discussion in there is that a lot of times if you try and do a New Year's resolution, that's a kind of practicing failure that you start and you say, I am going to X. And um, then when you don't do it, you go, okay, well, next year I will try the same thing. Um, And... That, like, you can't just kind of set up this expectation for yourself, not make any significant change, and then um, expect expect the outcome to be different. Um, and, I can. I'm perfect. <laughs> right. Uh, but most people cannot set up that and get in a bad habit of kind of telling themselves that the thing that changes is the year and that means something. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, so instead we're not going to, you know, set these goals where it's... Oh. Something just clicked for me about that. The the phrase, the thing that changes is the year. So I don't need really need to change right. that. I never really got that before. Thank you. Uh-huh. And, and so the themes uh, are kind of bandying against that. They're saying, hey, maybe this, I'm just going to set up a year and it's going to be this year where I die at every single day. Instead, it's going to be, it's this year I am going to be healthier. And what that means is like amorphous enough to be, to not be instantly demotivating. (laughs) That healthier looks like a lot of different things. Healthier can look like eating more vegetables, eating less sugar, exercising more and eating the same things, you know, whatever. 
Um, but that at the same time, having something to point towards is a, is a good way to make change in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, that if you, you can look out in the future and say, I would like to be healthier, um, that that kind of motivates you. It's, it pushes you a little bit. And we thought about yearly themes and thought about the the pace at which our lives were moving. Um, and for us, it was really at a semesterly rate when mm-hmm. we first started talking about this, you and I. And so we decided to do semesterly themes because that was just like the way that our lives chunked up at that time. Semesters worked. And um, when we graduated, we said, how about no more semesters? We're going to think in seasons now. Um, but the other thing about change is that it, it has to come from somewhere. Um, and so when you're in school and you're really thinking about, okay, I'm going to do this, your every single class is different. So you're already like a little bit upended, um, Mm -hmm. every semester, and the progression that you're making, you've got a lot of progress pushed along by a curriculum, right? There is right. somebody has already decided, here's the thing you need to be interested in. I'm just going to give you the materials, go out and do it. Um, and that is the pace of two people working towards one goal, right? In terms of like, I want to learn this thing and now it's me and my professor and we're both working towards this one me learning this thing and and we put in different amounts of effort but like it's not just me like sitting alone in a room going i'm going to learn machine learning um <laughs> because you need you move a lot faster um especially for things like uh, learning in school when you've got that professor pushing you forward on it um but i don't think that that pace is sustainable um, as a person trying to become better in themselves. Uh, And I've talked to my therapist and he's not going to give me a curriculum, no matter how much I want it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, And he is another person who is like pushing me forward, right? And encouraging me to get better. But at the same time, it's all got to come from within myself. And so I think there is a problem with imagining themes on these very short timescales that we've been doing for a while now, that without a lot of other external change going on, it's really hard to make that internal change um, in a significant way. Because uh, as I am slowly reckoning with, um, because of a book I've been reading, maybe you should talk to someone, um, change requires loss. Mm-hmm. And three months is a really short amount of time to identify a change that you want, recognize the ways in which that change is going to involve loss or giving something up or reshifting your priorities, make that change, reckon with, with the loss, um, and like make it into something sustainable and something that is a part of yourself and not just... Uh, I'm going to read more this week because it's the last week of the theme of me reading more. And then I get to, you know, big check mark on season of reading more. 
Yeah, I have been feeling that way also, but I did not have the words for it. So thank you for bringing this up. Yeah, it's it's been a combination of thinking about, I think, around the time I was hearing that part of the book, um, you were also talking about the season of perfection, and I was thinking about what it means to be an adult in the adult world and like no longer at that college pace and at the college mentality. Um, and there's also a kind of practicing waiting that happens in a not good way. I think you can practice waiting in a good way. But for me, there is also, I have an idea, right? Um, I get about a month into the theme. I'm thinking, okay, here's the theme. I'm about a month in. I start getting interested in a different thing. And I'm like, well, this could be my theme for next season. Mm -hmm. And now I'm thinking about my theme for next season. And I'm not really thinking about the current theme. Right. Um, but I am also saying, well, I don't have to act on this thing that I'm thinking about in the future because that's in the future. Um, and so it's this perpetual, like I'm waiting for the next theme to happen and getting excited about the next theme. And then the next theme starts and I'm like, okay, next thing. Um, and so that like, I don't know, monkey barring kind of between the things that at three months, especially at one season per theme it's tough to hold one when at least by the last third of it you need to start thinking a little bit about okay what's my next theme going to be yeah that makes sense so with all of this in mind and with in mind the fact that as we record my birthday is tomorrow um i would like to do my own yearly something that is it's not going to be many other people's year uh and i think that in and of itself will be a good and positive thing but i also think that the scale is right um and i think that the all of the words just left my brain you know how sometimes that happens you're like in the middle of a sentence and every single word leaves your brain yeah Unfortunately, I do. <laughs> I think that the scale is right. And I think that the lens of my birthday and my age um, give a good direction to point in without setting an explicit goal. So kind of the original idea of themes that I am trying to not think of this year as Zach's year of X. I'm trying to think of it as... 24-year-old Zach will be a lot better at X thing than 22-year-old Zach was. Hmm. And there's a year in the middle there where I, I learn how to be better at the thing. Okay. I like that. That's a good framing. Um, and so I think to, to start out, because this is a thing that I'm interested in and the pandemic looks like it is winding down. I i say and two years from now you're gonna listen back to this and be like oh my god what was zach thinking um but i it looks two years ago two years from now is when the podcast is gonna get edited <laughs> don't worry we're not dead, we're not the, dead. the third pandemic hasn't killed us it's just we're slowly editing these um 
so I think this will be a good time for 24-year-old Zach to be a lot better than 22-year-old Zach at being a friend. So that's it. That's that's the Zach's year of friendship slash 24-year-old Zach is going to be better than 22-year-old Zach at being a friend. <laughs> Might need some shorthand for that. <laughs> uh, but that's that's really neat, Zach. I, and I think I will be doing something similar when September rolls around. Mm-hmm. Do you have any, I know we talk about this sometimes when we're talking about our themes, but this is not, this is not quite a theme or maybe it is a theme. Mm -hmm. It might, it's a slash theme. Uh, It's a, it's, I think it's going to occupy the space in my life that themes tried to. So when we were talking about themes, which this Uh occupies the same space of, we talked about, (laughs) we talked about, (laughs) We we talked about um, like what kind of things we have in mind for reach accomplishing not accomplishing because that's that's for resolutions, mm-hmm. uh, but working towards being a better friend. Yeah, I I don't know. I think that's something I as I was building up this structure in my head of like okay i think i would rather it be a year long i would rather it be in terms of like very in terms of me um there's some very vague directions that i could go but i don't think i can even put them into words really um i've been thinking a little more about the light bulb model of where you put your personal energy Hmm. um that I think CGP Grey described it as there are four light bulbs that you can put your energy into and there's like family, friends, work, and leisure or something like that. And you've only got 100% to split between the four of them. And so where where does each of those, how full does each one get to be kind of? Right. And I don't think that's a perfectly accurate model. Um, because it's I think there's... Not- how light bulbs work but (laughs) (laughs) um there's a lot more than four light bulbs of course right and some some light bulbs do 12 percent brightness with 25 percent power you know yeah um and there's probably a myriad of other things but that's just kind of as i've been thinking about this and thinking about like where i am at i've been thinking about the light bulb model and i've been wondering if that's still something that the person who came up with it thinks about um through the lens of we'll never know no it's not like you can send questions to that person directly yeah not directly through mike mostly (laughs) (laughs) so i think that that honestly if you said like to that person, Gray would probably be like, well, how much am I really the same person as, <laughs> what do you think, like six years ago now was that Hello God. Internet episode? At least five. I, In some ways, I appreciate the fact that I've moved around quite a bit in the last few years because I can tie 
a memory in a place to a time. Mm-hmm. I remember listening to the, I, I didn't listen. I was listening to the backlog of hello internet. So it wasn't the, it wasn't like up to date, but mm-hmm. I remember listening to that episode in the dining hall when I was a freshman in college. So it was at least that many years ago. <laughs> so I think some some of it is going to be looking through that lens, as flawed as it is, and saying, okay, what, where is my energy going, right, is really the question to ask. It's not what light bulbs am I turning on to what percentages. It's where is my energy going and where do I want my energy to be, go- be going. Um, uh, there is a reading list because that's just the kind of person that I am. Um, I don't, there's big friendship is the, the book. Like the industry of friendship. Uh huh. He's in the pocket of big friendship. That's the main one that I've got. There's probably more, but like, I don't need to go fishing for books. I can just say. What I want is big friendship. Uh, And there will be more eventually. And so that's my yearly something. I'm very excited. I think this is going to be very good. I think this will feel better than the seasonal themes did. Well, like I said, I am going to wait until my birthday rolls around to start my my yearly something. Mm -hmm. Uh. In the meantime, you'll just keep on being perfect. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to be doing that. And speaking of perfection, I want to talk about how my first time baking croissants went. Oh. Because. <laughs> because. <laughs> um, so I've been baking. I've been doing more baking recently, uh, mostly just like easy breads and whatnot um just because i like have been kind of like getting into cooking in general more baking in particular i like the idea of like taking raw ingredients and then making a meal out of them it feels Mm -hmm. very good it Mm -hmm. isn't always very much fun but it is always like if i extract myself from the situation i like the situation yeah and and i like it much better than the like buying myself frozen meals (laughs) that that kind of thing you know yeah um although frozen meals are much easier and usually taste much better than what i make but they do not give me the same aesthetic pleasure (laughs) so so i've been making breads and whatnot uh and i was like i'm gonna ramp this up i gonna i'm gonna do something significantly more difficult than just a loaf of bread. Okay. So I thought croissants would be good because they are they taste good on their own and they are they're more difficult, you know, it takes more time, it takes more prep, uh different ingredients mm-hmm. working in different ways. Um and I'm going to review it. The, the, the process. process of yeah. croissant. So first things first, you have to 
like mix all of these ingredients together and I don't have a mixer because because I don't have a mixer. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when I was a kid um that I remember distinctly one time I went to my grandma's house, my grandparents' house and mm-hmm. um I asked my grandma, "Why don't you have a dishwasher?" Um because they were washing all their dishes by hand and I said, "Why don't you have a dishwasher?" and she pointed to my grandpa and she said, "I do." Um <laughs> very genuinely that's the thing that she said it was i remember it a lot it was very endearing but i think instead of thinking about it through the lens of like i don't have a mixer either you point at yourself or you can point at your partner you know there's options yeah and you say i do i have a mixer (laughs) uh and you know i ended up mixing everything by hand which was like two out of ten that (laughs) aspect not fun because like with like the bread's I can like mix it together to the point where it'll like come off the bowl cleanly and then add the rest of the flour by kneading. Right. But the croissants don't really work like that. They kind of have like a, well, first like it's, it's a butter and milk instead of water that you're adding to the, the flour in this recipe at least um Mm -hmm. i will be sharing the recipe with zach so we can put it in the show notes um and i so basically i had to sit there with a parts of it would was easier with a whisk some parts were easier with a spoon or like a fork or something Mm -hmm. and just kept like I swear to God, like a half hour, I was just like turning this, like trying to get everything mixed together. And, you know, I was doing my best. Um, but I, I think I would have liked a mixer. I think I would have uh-huh. liked a mixer for this yeah. particular aspect. Um, and then you like let it cool for a while in the refrigerator, which was like, which this is a big theme of the croissant making experience is the just like letting it chill in the refrigerator for a while. Mm-hmm. And then you take it out and then you kind of like get it flat and like, or more like a, how do I put this? Like you make like a diamond of dough with like the middle square of the diamond. Like if you were to square a diamond, like go to the midpoint of each of the. Yeah. And then like, just make a square in there. Right. And that part is like thicker. The, the 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 triangles on the square are like thinner, and um, you just like put a how do I say this? Like a square of mm-hmm. butter on top of that, and then you tuck you like tuck it in with the flaps of the diamond, the triangles Cute. of the diamond, and that. That was very good. I liked that a lot. That uh-huh. was a pleasant experience. I would give that a 7, maybe 8 out of 10. Uh, only getting points knocked off because, again, I don't have a mixer and the butter was a little bit hard to shape into that square kind of right. thing. Um, and then you basically just kind of flatten it and then fold it and then flatten it and then fold it and then flatten it and then fold Mm -hmm. it and then you put it in the refrigerator for a while 
and I'm bad at planning. <laughs> so it ends up being like very late at night when uh, the next step of the recipe was supposed to happen. Uh, so I went to sleep and came back to it in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Which may or may not affect how it turns out in the end which is of course perfect mm-hmm. um and then you kind of you, you you flatten fold flatten fold flatten fold again and then you cut it into oh and by the way that's like not a terribly easy process because especially when it's still cold from the refrigerator because the butter is like right really hard and And you don't want to tear it you don't want to tear it so you're just and so you're taking a rolling pin and just kind of like putting your entire body weight on certain areas trying to get them to be a little (laughs) bit longer and then you have to make it uh, 30 inches by six inches and like it's just you're taking something that's this big and making it this big and it's it's a lot of work frankly um Mm -hmm. but it's it's reasonably rewarding because eventually it does get to be that large and then you cut it up into triangles you roll it you let it rise in the oven or not in the oven but like in a warm area that i Mm -hmm. happen to use the oven to create (laughs) (laughs) you know the proofing drawer that you own (laughs) yeah exactly um (laughs) and then you bake them and then and the baking process is great because it takes a little while and the house, the the, the apartment smells really good. Um, it, you know, it's buttery and crispy. And then you check on it with, so you leave it in there for 20 minutes. It's supposed to be there for like a half hour. And then you check on it with 10 minutes left. And then the they look like really brown, like probably too brown, like suspiciously mm. brown. And I'm like, I'm just going to take these out. And then this is all part of the recipe, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, perfectly, <laughs> perfectly executed. And then you kind of take them out, and they didn't really rise the way you wanted them to, mm. and um, they kind of like held the shape that you were hoping they would not hold, and are kind of just like dough butter slabs, more than like a, the light airy croissant that I wanted. Right. That that one wanted mm-hmm. uh in the recipe uh but they still taste good because it is just Dough and butter, butter and flour <laughs> yeah and to go wrong. Um, and yeah uh i have quite a few of them in a airtight container waiting to be reheated in the oven at 300 degrees for a couple of minutes and then served fresh mm. That sounds really good and really complex. Overall, I would rate it uh, maybe 6 out of 10. Maybe I'll find a different recipe mm-hmm. that uh, doesn't require you to uh, mess up so much. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's like um, how in... Um, there's some rug making some cultures where when they're making a rug, they will miss a few stitches just by Mm -hmm. design or sew in the wrong color, um, for a few stitches or something like that. Um, 
because the view is that only their God can be perfect. Um, and so like your no rug is going to be perfect. And so you intentionally add this in- imperfection into it. Um, and I, of course, have no such beliefs. Right. But this recipe seems to. Right. That's good. That sounds like a good time. I can, I now yearn for the smell of cooking croissants because that, ooh, I miss almond croissants so bad. Oh, yes. Uh, my roommate used to work at Collectivo and he would, uh, wait, before I say this, um, if you work for Collectivo, well, I think he quit actually. I'm going to say this, this PSA regardless. Okay. Um, if you are in any way affiliated with the company known as Collectivo, uh, you are legally not allowed to listen to this podcast. Um, but he would take the pastry items that they were going to throw out and just bring them home. Mm. And the almond croissants from Collectivo are so good. Highly those recommend. Are, those are good. He really wasn't supposed I think he got in trouble at some point for taking the pastries home. This is why I said the, the Where PSA. Where are the pastries going to go? Where else are the pastries going to go? Literally in the trash. I hate it here. They <laughs> were supposed to, on the 25th, open up the last five ballots to see if they got a union or not because they're at like 48% and 48% and they've, there's four more percent up with these last remaining seven ballots or whatever that will decide whether or not they get a union. Uh, and they were supposed to open them up and Colectivo was like, I just, what if we just don't open them up? And the National Labor <laughs> Review Board was like, hmm, let me think about that for a month. <laughs> What if we just don't count the votes? Those croissants Unions sound, are good, actually. Sound good. This has been a PSA. <laughs> <laughs> have you watched The Great British Bake Off? No, I have not. I would recommend it. It's available on, on Netflix. Um, there are some things, I think, that are just in my brain about baking and cooking now. That like, yeah. I was like, I'm just sitting here watching a TV show. And the show was like, by the way, here are some facts to that belong in your brain now. And I was like, all right, thanks for the facts. You know, later today, my partner will be occupying this room. And I will be in the other room mm-hmm. looking for something to do. And I think I will watch The Great British, British Bake Off. Mm-hmm. Is your partner starting a podcast too? No, they're playing D&D. Okay, let me... Uh, oh, wait, no. We'll save it for the after show. Okay. If you want to know what I was going to tell Zach about, <laughs> you can go to patreon.com slash worryingbugs, and you can get access to patron-only content for as low as $100 a month. I know. What a deal. Really? That sounds like the perfect price. Uh, I suppose there are also other tier levels. There's the one dollar, five dollar, and ten dollar. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think the hundred dollar one is only if you're an anti dairy milk producer, right? I don't. Remember. It's not even like there are five levels. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah okay. So I can read these off just because we're doing a little advertising here. We're filling right, some time. Yeah. It's, it's uh, good content. 
We have the $1 a month, which is patron-only bonus content. You get access to patron-only content and a few bonus episodes that we that we don't put on the main feed. You know, all those bonus episodes we've made. <laughs> yep. Uh, for $5 a month, you can be Jared. And job board AIs will like you more. Yeah. Uh, for $10 a month, you can be not Jared, which I don't remember doing, <laughs> saying anything about. <laughs> I think that was we were trying to decide, do the patrons want to be Jared's or not Jared's? <laughs> and so I think if a majority of the patrons are ever not Jared's, we need to think of a new name for, for yeah, the listener. Definitely. Uh, for $20 a month, you can be a stream supporter, which will gain you access to my streams of Celeste. Mm-hmm. And lastly, if you are a dairy alternate producer, you can give us $100 a month. For full sponsorship credits in each episode. And Zach will tell his friends nonstop about how cool your dairy milk alternatives are. <laughs> that is extremely good value, I promise. Mm-hmm. This is And this is the time to get in on that, too, on the ground level, right? When I'm building up my big friendships. Right. To... Yeah, this, this $100 <laughs> price is right. not going to go up or down. <laughs> It will only get more expensive as Zach gets more friends. <laughs> so this is a website that I, I happened upon recently. It's a fandom.com site, which is how, how you know that it's quality. Uh, it is the Aesthetics Wiki. What is this? And so they've got a listing of all the aesthetics. Yes, 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 yes. Oh no. Um not all okay. of them not all of the aesthetics have a page yet. Um but there are some for example here's a 2014 era Tumblr aesthetic. I'm liking the core suffix page because the trending pages on the core suffix page uh like category uh quickly is cottage core, trauma core, weird core, kid core, fairy core, angel core, goblin core. And anime. <laughs> so I don't know if you just want to want to look through some of these. Uh, there's I, Brocore. Zach, this deserves to be its own episode. This could be a bonus <laughs> episode. Wow, there's a lot here. Bastard core. Christ core. Christ core. Cowpunk. <laughs> Began in the UK. Crowcore. I like that one. Again, none of the some of these don't end in core, and I don't know how they got into this page. Soggy, <laughs> soggy, like S O G G Y. Yeah, it's a picture of a worm. <laughs> ah, that's my aesthetic. Oh no, it's a sw- soggy or or swamp core. Ah, okay. Okay, let's look at the fashion for swamp core. Oh, okay, never mind. Fashion isn't a main part of this aesthetic. I'm upset a little bit because fandom.com is kind of bad and has yeah. recently uh, consumed in some way the Minecraft wiki. Mm-hmm. And that's bad because minecraft.fandom.com already has a, is, a, is already a thing. It's it's just worse. 
it's getting worse because fandom is slowly taking over. Yeah. Ooh, academia. How many different academias are there? Okay, not too many. In his essay, the nab gets post posthumously bizarroid bizarroized. Tom Bradley traces this genre's roots back in literary history to Vladimir Nabokov's goggleization. I've been linked to the queer academia. Never mind. That does not exist anymore. Sad. I was going to say the queer academia Instagram page, but that does not exist. Uh, I will be looking at the Tumblr, though. Mm-hmm. There's nothing there either. This is homophobic. The cuddle party aesthetic is centered around positive feelings and a youthful nostalgic vibe without delving into as much without delving as much into some of the childish elements of kidcore. Cool, very very normal and good. Cybergoth. Cybergoth. Yes. I love the ones where they're like, we summed up this whole aesthetic into one image. This is, uh, looks like a concert, the um, Powder Puff Girls, Powerpuff Girls. This is, that's booze on a shelf. That's not kid court. What is this? Cuddle party? No, they're taking away the childlike aspects. Ah, Okay. This is somebody killed Cookie Monster and made him into pants. And that's what this is a picture of. Labor Wave is a derivative of Vaporwave that is less subtle about its critiques of capitalism and take. <laughs> oh, this is great. This is great. This is quite possibly an image that exists. <laughs> I was going to give it more of a qualifier than that, but I don't really know how. Okay, I know you you feel like maybe Kidcore is not cool, but have you considered um, Spooky (laughs) Kidcore? Or maybe potentially Loudcore? A subgenre of Kidcore which revolves around loud, noisy objects and toys. That, I think, is the opposite of my aesthetic. Key motifs include bells, fireworks, birthday party-esque, or school treasure box-related items, and instruments such as kazoos. No. No. Throw a recorder in there while you're at it. (laughs) One moment. I just stumbled across the word holosexual. H-O-L-O-sexual. Okay. Is it gay and holographic or just holographic? It appears to be not gay, but holographic. (laughs) Just kind of infatuated with shiny, reflective holographic imagery. There's a Spotify playlist. I'm very curious. Wait. Oh, man. Okay, can I... Hold on. Am I signed into my Spotify in the browser? I would like to listen to this. Wait, I'm not going to be able to play it without signing in, am I? Sorry, I'm just kind of... I want to listen to this without Spotify thinking that I want to listen to this. 
I'll figure it out later. All right. I saw somebody made a Spotify um, command line utility, and I really want to try it. Not for any like good reason, just I want to. And because I think it would be fun to have a Raspberry Pi with a Spotify command line utility. Yes. Yes. That'd be very cool. It's like your own little like... I was like, what if it was like a your like a cute little MP3 player? That'd be real neat. That'd be <laughs> like something that I'd want. And we had those, and then we phased them out because we got phones. And now a PSA from the worrying bugs. The wave suffix generally deals with surreal or unrealistic imagery or is grounded in reality, but can create some really strange imagery in the real world. But in both instances, the wave suffix is generally used to draw upon themes of nostalgia and overall nostalgic surrealism. The primary exception is reef wave, so named because of the imagery in the word wave. This has been a PSA from The Worrying Bugs. Jared, if you have suggestions for what we're going to call the yearly something... Or, if you have a mixer at home, human or otherwise, <laughs> uh, you can reach out and tell me about it on Twitter. I'm at 